Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. This is a big deal that's uh, happening right here in Hamilton. Uh, McMaster University hosting the 39th World Congress, which brings together students, industry professionals, or speaker sessions uh, to help students understand how to adapt to real-world situations. As a matter of fact, if you look at the panel that's being lined up for this event, uh, some of the folks on the panel are former students who apparently got the message uh, and are doing pretty well with themselves. Joining us to talk about the event, uh, Dr. Nick Bottas, Associate Professor at McMaster's uh, DeGroote School of Business. I haven't seen you for a while. How you been? I've been great, Bill. Happy Tuesday. It's great to be here. I, I get to see you uh, face-to-face, mano y mano, as they say, Well, you've, you've been a busy guy, obviously, with what's going on and preparing for this. And I know that uh, you've, you've been off to gymnastic competitions <laughs> and cheer competitions, so, uh, being the dad. So it's good to have you in here to talk about the business stuff that's going on. Talk to me about, first of all, uh, for those who may not know, but what this World Congress is all about. Sure. So just a brief background. Uh, this is the 39th year of this conference. Uh, it is a con- it's the longest standing actual student-run university conference in the country. Uh, in fact, I attended as a student, Bill, in 1996. So here we are. I guess that's 22 years later if my math is right. And now I'm on the faculty side. But what we try to do is we try to get students together with industry professionals because that's the best way to learn. You know, one thing mm-hmm. to learn in the, in the classroom and textbooks, but then to actually realize, uh, you know, what the executives are doing. And of course, this year, we're, we're, we're lucky enough to actually have former students come back as alumni who are now executives. And every year we have a different theme, and this year's theme is sports management because that's a very popular topic, uh, obviously, among students. The, you know, the intersection of business and sports uh, uh, is quite lucrative given you know, the amount of real high-profile professional clubs we have in the region here. Um, so we have got a great lineup of speakers this year, and the most important message I want to deliver to your listeners, Bill, is that it's this Thursday and Friday on campus, and it's free admission. I keep on saying this as, as loud as I can. Where else can you get free admission to a wonderful conference event where you can listen to high-profile speakers? So thanks to our sponsors, including uh, CHML. How have you seen this change since you attended as a student to where it is now? I mean, sports has changed. Sports management has certainly evolved. But this conference has to evolve with it. Well, the conference evolves as well because, obviously, you know, 22 years ago, uh, you know, we didn't have the Internet the way we have it today. We didn't have social media the way we have it today. Uh, so we do things uh, at the conference site that perhaps didn't exist a couple decades ago. You know, we have a live Twitter feed. We have live video screening. We have live audio feeds. Uh, we do open Q&A. Um, you know, we have students who take photos and try to, you know, spread the message through social media. And the integrated learning part also comes because when students attend the event, they actually get to write reports and critique speakers or do assignments on the applicability of what they heard on stage. So that's where we kind of take the learning to a new level where it's not just about sitting there and listening to a speaker, but do something with that knowledge that you just uh, you just garnered. You know, it's interesting when you talk about the theme being sports management and, and that, that evolution that has occurred. And, and I know that in talking to, to even some of the sports teams around here, the, the Tiger Cats and the Bulldogs, uh, it's, it's a whole different genre. It's a whole different idea right now about hiring experts that can use the tools mm-hmm. of some of the ones uh, the, that you've just talked about here for sports management. It's, 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 it's more than promotion. It's, uh, it's a whole different area that, uh, that sports has to move in to be successful. Well, it's definitely a science now, Bill. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it was a small portion of the population that was adept at using these tools. And now you can't survive if you don't know how, especially as a young student in the business school at McMaster. You know, when you graduate, 
the expectation is that you're not just familiar with Instagram or Twitter. You know how to use it for the purposes of promoting a business and garnering a return on investment. And that's a whole different level of expectation among our youth. And um, you know, these are experiences like the, like the conference this week that allow them to understand, okay, I know why I'm learning about this concept in class. For example, you know, analytics. You know, sports analytics is a very hot topic. But to actually see an executive tell you this is how we use analytics for the Bulldog, or in hockey or in soccer, that really kind of resonates with students and faculty alike. But it resonates right through the organization right. Uh, for, for teams and organizations that use this. It's not just about how you evaluate athletes. It's how you evade business practices, mm-hmm. uh, promotional schemes, how you're going to market this, uh, what you're going to say, who you're going to say it to. I mean, that's all That's all the analytics. It, it, it's Without analytics, you are making decisions in a vacuum. So when you want to decide, you know, who are you going to recruit or who are you going to release in terms of an athlete on the field, on the pitch, on the hockey rink, analytics helps you make that decision. Same thing goes with HR behavior. You know, if you're looking at employees and you're trying to figure out who's performing and who's not performing. So, um, you know, we call that empirical-based decision-making. It's a very sma- fancy-schmancy word, but all it really means is do you have the analytical backing of the decision that you're making? I want to talk about a couple of folks. I don't want to single out too many people on the panel because it's a, two days of fabulous panels. But some of these I, I, I have some knowledge of because I've met some of these folks. Uh, Paul Mercanti I met uh, during the Lions Lair competition last year. Of course, he's the president and co-founder of Gene Blueprint. And uh, I was amazed when he sat down here in the studio and told us his story about where this organization is and why he decided to do this. And this is cutting-edge stuff that he's doing. Yeah, I'm very proud to have uh, Paul here uh, as a speaker. Obviously, he has the connection with the Lions Lair. It's a great Hamilton-based story. I mean, everybody's familiar with the TV commercials that you see about DNA testing and figuring oh, I'm a little bit Italian or a little bit of Greek. So that's kind of riding that wave. Uh, But what Paul does is he looks at the DNA testing for the purposes of you as an athlete. So what is your fast twitch percentage muscle versus your slow twitch percentage muscle? How do you recover when you are injured? What type of foods should you be eating? What's your oxygenation VO2 max capacity in your lungs? So it's an amazing type of tool that he's developed. I actually had my, uh, my boys and my daughter tested to figure out, you know, are they in the right sport? Uh, is there certain things we can do with their diet to help improve uh, their performance? So a fascinating uh, business that he's running, and in my opinion, the future of, uh, of sports analytics, trying to figure out you know, you know, what type of workout should you be doing? Should you be spending a lot of your time on endurance workouts, on running, on cardio, or should you lift power weights, or you should do more repetition versus strength? I mean, a lot of us are making these guesses without really understanding what's the best thing for our body, and the DNA tells you what's the best thing for your body. That's, those are the stories, and I was amazed. I mean, you know, when I was playing high school sports, it was, uh, you know, basically, uh, okay, you do the weights in the offseason, <laughs> then you get in there. Even the pregame warm-up, it was push-ups and, and, and belly flops and things like this, and, if it, and you know, you have a pregame meal of pasta or something like that, and they said, no, 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 this is all science now. Yeah, they, it is. They evaluate you before you even step onto the pitch or the football field or the ice rink yeah. and saying, this is what you should be doing, this is what you should be putting into your body to make you better at what you're doing. And another application, Bill, is PHV, peak high velocity, which is the date that you, as, as, a, as a maturing young athlete, are about to go through puberty, where, where you're going to have your biggest growth spurt. And research shows that when an athlete 
athlete hits PHV, they should actually lower the amount of repetitions for training to reduce the propensity for injury. So my two boys, for example, who are soccer players, they are right in the middle of PHV right now. So they should not be training in a very strenuous way as perhaps some of their other fellow teammates, because that's the other problem in a team. You got kids who are 13, 14 years old. You know, half of them have already gone through puberty and half of them haven't even started puberty yet. Yet the whole team trains with the same amount of frequency and intensity, and that should not be the case. Uh, one of the other former students of yours I want to talk about, too, is Gihan Fonseca with what yep. he's going to be doing. So Gihan was my MBA student, and as part of his uh, school project for my class, developed a piece of software called Athlink to help manage leagues and administer leagues as a convener in a mobile way. Uh, I was coaching basketball at Blessed Sacrament at the time, so I connected him to Blessed Sacrament, and that was his initial test pilot of the software. Everything went fantastic, and now he's running his business based on the software that he developed here in Hamilton at Mac, uh, managing leagues. So he's done a, a bunch of different sports, more than just basketball and soccer. And uh, it's a fantastic tool because it's all mobile-based. In fact, parents who are watching their kids can use the tool to actually keep stats on their own kids as well. So it's a fantastic tool that way. Uh, another great Hamilton story, just reeking yep. of Hamilton stuff. <laughs> that's the, right. the Blessed Sacrament League and, and everything else that's going on with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, way, we mentioned the Bulldogs a second ago. I know Darren Arnold's going to be there uh, from the Bulldogs. Uh, he's got a story to tell. That's another great organization with great success, and, and you can tell their stories. Uh, i got to tell you, though, one of the, Glenn Grenwald, of course, who is the director of athletics at uh, McMaster, is going to be part of the uh, the panel. Uh, Glenn's got some fabulous stories, of course, from his days in professional that's basketball right. and university management, Absolutely. which is a whole different entity. Superstar at Indiana, that's right. Yeah. Went on to the New York Knicks. I mean, what a fascinating career. We are, we are so lucky to have somebody of the quality of Glenn be our athletic director. So he's going to talk a little bit about his career uh, in sports because a lot of our students, of course, want to pursue a career in sports. And, uh, you know, what are some of the secrets and tips and tools you can use, uh, you know, to help make that first most important call and connection. But athletic departments at universities now is uh, uh, incredible. I mean, that used to be just the guy that used to walk around with a gym shirt <laughs> on and say, oh, okay, I'll give you the basketballs. But there's sports science involved in, in yeah. how teams are developed, uh, the the recruitment that goes on. So I know he's got some stories to tell. Uh, one of the other folks on the panel that I, I think a lot of people are going to be looking forward to hearing from is Chris Schufeld who is the uh, Director of Business Operations with Toronto FC, which is one of the great success sports stories in North America, not just in Toronto. So Toronto FC, I mean, obviously I'm biased. Uh, I'm a fan of soccer, and, and my both my boys play for the academy. Uh, what a revolutionary story in terms of the transformation of football, soccer football, in our country that's happened uh, with TFC. Um, clearly, you know, when we started 10 years ago, you know, it, it was tough slog and had some very poor seasons. Once was identified as the worst professional soccer team on the planet. And now, of course, you know, you, you fast forward to uh, in December where they won the MLS championship, have a fantastic organization headed up with Bill Manning uh, as the president of Toronto FC. You know, Chris is going to be talking about the whole operation of Toronto FC, which is a fantastic story. And, you know, once you're at the top, you know, you're at the top of the pyramid, there's only one way to go. So you have to stay at the top. So TFC is going to be making some announcements. I know this week on new players that they've recruited. They're, they're in a warm weather camp right now in California. And soon on February 20th, they will be playing the first match in the CONCACAF Champions League, which is the North and Central American Champions League, which is a precursor to the club world championship. So TFC could theoretically end up playing you know, Barcelona or Bayern Munich in the FIFA club championship, which is uh, so exciting for soccer in this country. Wow, would you love to see that? <laughs> but, but it's a two-pronged success story. I mean, obviously the on-field success. 
which is just remarkable. Uh, you know, and how many other times uh, has uh, well, let's try soccer in Toronto. Eh, I didn't see really. <laughs> this. This has just blown the lid off that. But there's also the marketing success. Uh, it, you, you talk to anybody in sports management right now, and they'll tell you the TFCs right at the Toronto. They're, they're really at the top of the Toronto sports parade right now, and and that's very competitive. You got the Raptors, you got the Blue Jays, you got the Leafs, right. you got you know, the Argonauts, and uh, everybody is a TFC fan. I mean, yeah. the the way that they have just grabbed that city and and grabbed really the the Southern Ontario market with with it is is a great success story among great competition. Yeah, well, Bill, winning helps. I mean, let's be sure. honest. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So they had a fantastic season. In, but they're generating significant momentum in terms of season ticket sales. Uh, they pack BMO Field, and it's the vibe at BMO Field. You know, if you've ever been to a soccer match at BMO Field, it's a totally different experience. It's an enthralling 90 minutes plus where you are literally standing and singing, uh, you know, at the top of your lungs with everybody else, especially on the south side, all the supporters groups. That's another phenomenon that soccer has that, you know, Basketball, hockey, they don't have. They don't have supporters groups. These are rabid fans who will sing nonstop. You know, they march to the game. They march away after the game to celebrate. And, you know, I'm really hoping that we translate some of that passion into Hamilton as well. Bill, we will be launching our professional soccer team in Hamilton in spring of 2019. That's yet next year. And uh, just as a nice segue, another speaker uh, on the yep. panel is David Clanigan, former Tim Hortons executive, who has just been announced as the commissioner of the Canadian Premier League. And I'm so proud of this announcement because we will bring that passion of soccer in Hamilton. Hamilton, one of the first professional clubs to be sanctioned uh, here in Canada. And we'll starting next year. Yeah, and it's got to be successful. I mean, this is an organization, this is a league that really seems to have done their homework before they jumped in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're taking their time to make sure that they get it right. But, but, you know, with the groundswell of support, and you see this because we've talked about this, about the soccer programs here in Hamilton, I, I just get the sense that the time is right for it to work here too. Well, the time is right for a number of reasons. Number one, obviously, the, the, the success of TFC and, and, and MLS. Also, you know, if, if you look at the demographics of the population in Hamilton, you know, we're, we're an immigrant-dominant population with a lot of young people. We have thousands and thousands of youth playing soccer in Hamilton. We have one of the largest and most prestigious old-timers leagues in Hamilton. So if you look at soccer in Hamilton from three years old up to 73 years old, and there are 73-year-old soccer players in Hamilton, believe it or not, Bill, uh, you know, I think it's ripe, and Klanikin and all his, uh, colleagues at the CPL, and uh, you know, I, I I can't wait for that first day at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, you know, when we have that launch of the uh, of, of the new club in Hamilton, I look forward to uh, also giving the youth, not only of Hamilton but the youth across Canada, you know, a vision to be able to see with their own eyes. Oh, if I continue and I love this sport enough, that's where I can be. I can be on that field with those professionals. Just very quickly, back to uh, Chris Schufeld from TFC for a second. Uh, there's a rumor that he may bring some hardware with him. Yeah, so the rumor, I mean, I. I your listeners are going to be the first one to hear this is that the MLS Cup could be coming to Hamilton. So if you are a soccer fan or even a Toronto FC fan, this is an opportunity for you to come listen to Chris and take a nice selfie photograph with the MLS Cup, which uh, uh, my understanding is he's going to be bringing to McMaster. Listen, I got a couple of seconds left here. We'll, we'll wrap up the the segment in a second here by telling people uh, where to go, etc., for next week. It's going to be next Thursday and uh, and Friday. Uh, but you've uh, jumped into another venture right now, which is I think is very very appropriate considering some of the stuff that's in the news these days. 
Yeah, well, we can talk about it in the next couple of weeks, Bill, yeah, but I just yeah. wanted to kind of give a little bit of a feeler out there. Um, you know, uh, there was a, such a huge, tremendous, uh, you know, uh, attention to cryptos and Bitcoin and Ethereum and Ripple and, and the blockchain. And, uh, you know, business people need to jump on opportunities when opportunities avail themselves. So me and my colleagues, we're going to be launching a uh, blockchain uh, electronically traded fund. So the average common investor out there that thinks investing in those types of things is way too complicated. We're going to make it as simple as simple as possible for you. So we've made the application with the uh, Securities Commission and are just waiting to hear back uh, on the launch date. But I'll be back to come talk to you about that opportunity. Are you hearing, and you must be hearing the same thing we are, that there's so much interest now because it's been in the news uh, and people are saying, you know what, I'd, I'd like to look into it. I don't know where to go. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's the topic of every cocktail party, <laughs> every conversation, <laughs> that, especially over the holidays. You know, I was talking to people, people were asking me about that one single question more than any other question. So anyway, we'll get more details about that in the in the days and weeks ahead, but it's fascinating. Uh, very quickly then, uh, the, the World Congress, McMaster World Congress, Sports Management Analytics, uh, third floor McMaster Student Center in the CIBC Hall. Uh, free admission, stress that. Uh, free admission, anybody do, do in the community. Do pre-register? You don't have to pre-register at all. You are. You can be a student, you can be a, a fan, or if you just want to see, you know, one session, one particular speaker, you just want to, you know, look at uh, the, the, the MLS Cup, for example. You just want to talk to some local entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, we welcome everybody. This is one of the, 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 the strong, important pillars of the university, community engagement. So it's this Thursday and Friday. I know, but, you know, this is fine for, you know, the Bulldogs and everyone else, but, I mean, Anybody who's involved in this. You mentioned what the Blessed Sacrament League That's uses right. these sort of analytics. So if you're involved in any way, shape, or form with uh, with with sports or athletics in any way, uh, you might pick up some ideas here that might actually Absolutely. come in very, very beneficial. It's to all what about you're trying to do. yeah. It's all about learning and networking and socializing. And you know, students want to interact with professionals, and professionals want to interact with students because they're their future employees as well. Now we talk about panel discussions, and and that's going to happen, mm-hmm. obviously. But one of the hallmarks of this is the fact that when this is all said and done, these people are all approachable. You you, you want to go up and talk to them and ask some questions, and maybe you know what they've talked about and how it can apply to what you want. Uh, these guys, these guys are going to be available for that stuff. Absolutely, we have uh, interaction opportunities in between all the speaker sessions. There's a break so that you can socialize with everybody. And and uh, I'll be honest with you, Bill. I mean, obviously, we do this for the students as a faculty member, but I take great pride in any community member who comes to the event. I will personally come to you, shake your hand, and get to know you and find out, you know, how to make this a, a good ROI for you as well. So if you do see me, uh, you know, I'll probably be the only older fellow in a suit. Please feel free uh, to come shake my hand and uh, you know we'll learn together well there's some big names going to be at this thing and there's going to be an awful lot of information sharing that's going to go on it's going to be a fabulous success because it always is uh, congratulations on this this looks thank like you. a great great lineup thank you appreciate it and thank you to chml you guys have been longtime supporters uh, you know, we do this on a very, very small budget bill, uh, you know, uh, as most things at the university. You know, we don't, we don't spend a lot of money. Uh, we don't charge for registration, um, you know, but we anticipate 3,000 people walking through uh, the event over two days, which is uh, quite an amazing feat. Well, we're giving you a week and a half notice on this uh, to make sure that you can clear your calendar and be there, too. Great to see you again, Nick. Thanks, Thanks. for coming in today. Thanks. Dr. Nick Bottas, of course, uh, from the uh, DeGroote School of Business, associate professor there. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHM. Yeah.